0: Let me pray. I'm, I'm kind of amped up because Father's Day is one of my favorite days. Amen. I spent my whole life disliking Father's Day. Not liking Father's Day. Not, not not having a reason to celebrate Father's Day. But now I'm a proud Papa. Amen. I'm a proud Papa. I'm active in my kids' life. I love doing what I do. I love being who I am. And my kids make me proud. But but you, I, I had to acknowledge I am who I am as a father because I have an amazing teammate. And I had to give props what props is due. I thank God every day for my kids. It's the greatest blessing. Greatest responsibility that God has instilled in me. But I could not do it without the help of my teammate, my wife, Pastor Mo. It's who she is and how she motivates me to be a better man, to be a better husband, and to be a better father. And, and I thank God for her, so so amen. But let, let, let's pray quick. I, I, I won't be too too long, children, adults. Father God, we thank you for your glory, for your presence. I thank you for your love, your mercies that are new every morning, for your grace. It doesn't get old when I say that every day because I am truly thankful for you, God. I would not be who I am without you, God. And I ask right now that my words would be your words that you will speak through me and speak to me you will give me insight give me vision give me strength right now god let this word be the word that you gave me not what i want lord open the ears that need to be open open the minds that, that need to hear this open the hearts that need to receive this and i acknowledge For those single moms that are raising their kids without a man in the picture. I give them the highest praise right now. I give them the honor right now because I cannot imagine what is it like to be by yourself and raise kids. So just be with them, God. Lift their heads up. Make them proud. The same uh, hand clap, the same noise the men heard this morning. I pray that they will hear it from you as they do, they do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, happy Father's Day to all the daddies, all the single moms. Happy Father's Day. I got a word today. I got a prophetic word from the church and I was actually going to end the the, the the this word with it but I'm going to I'm going to kick it off because the worship team and it's not it's, it's almost like I sat with Lee and I sat with, with with Pastor E and and I didn't but but they they actually uh uh shared like my whole word um I wanted to share but In 2 Chronicles chapter 20 you don't have to turn there because I'm just going to chop it up and give you what the, what the prophetic word says in there. And, and I'll, I'll say it later. But let me just give you a heads up of what's going on. It was a, a king named King Jehoshaphat. He was, a, he was the, the king of Judah. And he just found out that three other kingdoms, three other armies, were combining together to fight against his one. So he tells his people, he asks his people, what are we going to do? I don't know what to do. Those vast armies are going to go up against us. We're not going to survive. He was nervous. He was beating up. He probably felt defeated even before the battle happening. Listen, I want to speak to the person out there. Who maybe gave up already. Or who's on the verge of giving up. As opposed as fighting. Because I don't know if you know this. God created us. So he could get the glory. So in other words. Everything we do. We do and he's supposed to get the glory. Right? But But there's a war out there. We have the enemy who's whose sole purpose is to prevent God from getting glory through us. So this is the word it says. God speaks to uh, one of his servants and says, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. The battle is not yours, but God's. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions. Stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. The Lord causes us to to, to fight. Sometimes we don't have the energy to fight Sometimes we're beaten up. Sometimes we're already defeated. We're struggling. I'm here to tell you all you need to do is stand firm. Smith Withersworth. This, amen. We got some some, some mythia uh, fans out there. He says a quote like this, or he said a quote, Great faith is the product of great fights. Great testimonies are the outcome of great tests. Come on. Great triumphs can only come out of great trials. Every stumbling block must become a stepping stone and every opposition must become an opportunity. Come on, man. I'm here to tell you everything you're going through, everything you're fighting against can be an opportunity for you to get stronger. but that's hard, right? That's hard to see. Listen, I want to share a a true story that happened way back in Civil War times. I love history, so. Those of you that don't know, you should right now. The Civil War was in the United States, and it was against the North and South. It was towards the end of the war, and the South just passed Virginia, and they were on their way to Pennsylvania. Now, if they got through Pennsylvania, the war was going to be end and the South was going to win. So there was a colonel named Joshua Chamberlain who was charged to tell his his unit, his army, his division, at the end of the hill in Pennsylvania, he said, I'm charging you to tell your men to defend the strategic position. Because if the South enters the strategic position, the war will be over. So you are to tell your guys to hold your ground at all costs. TSF, whoever's hearing my voice. And whatever you go through, you need to hold your ground at all costs. That is the title for today. Hold your ground. Long story short, the South came in. They came in with more men, but they kept shouting in the army, "Hold your, hold your, hold your ground at all costs. We can't get this ground up. Hold your ground at all costs." And they still firm, and they were holding their ground, and they were fighting, fighting, and they won the war. After that, if I could give you a picture of your spiritual life right now. If I could give you a picture right now. Fathers, mothers, hold your ground. Be in your kid's life. I'm tired of seeing the world take our children from us. Husbands and wives, hold your ground. I am tired of seeing divorce happen. And yes, I'm talking within the church. We're not holding our ground like, we, like we're not standing firm like, like we should be. See, hold your ground is a metaphor that the military uses. And it means this, to stand and fight. To defend the ground on which you stood rather than run and give up. Ground to the enemy. To stand your ground means to stand up for what you believe in. Never back down. Stand your ground. Fight. Do I have any fighters today? Do I have any warriors today? Listen, one of the greatest books I ever read, and I recommend it for any man, is called The Four Pillars of a Man's Heart. A man it talks about that every man, every woman has pillars, and one of those pillars is warrior. I want to awaken the warrior in everybody because I believe that we're not, the warrior in us is not awakened. We got some sleep warriors happening in us. There's some territory that God has given us. Our kids, our marriages, our jobs, our talents, ministries. That's territory. And because we're not holding our ground, because we're not standing firm, they're being ripped away from us. I'm praying that that changes. See, the enemy wants to capture us and prevent us from becoming what God intends us to be. I want to ask you, what are you doing to hold your ground? I just need you to think that. What are you doing? Th- what are you doing to do in your kids' lives to, to make sure that the, the world is not capturing them? Yesterday, I went to I went to uh, you know my daughter's job, and 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 she tells me she, she's. Not, not, not hysterical, but she she was bothered because there was a three-year-old and a five-year-old by themselves, playing with no parents. And this lady comes in her job is like this, looking for to see if there's a mother or there's a father. There was no parents to be found. So they call the police, and the police has a three- and, and five-year-old in their car. And it bothered my daughter so much because she can't understand Who will leave a three- and five-year-old in the street by themselves? What were you doing so importantly that you could not watch your three- and your five-year-old kid? It bothered me, but it, it didn't bother me that much. But I asked my daughter, I was like, so are you glad that I'm so in your life kind of? She looks at me with smiles. smile and says, yes. See, my kids, a side of them might say that I'm overbearing, I'm, I'm, I'm too much. My kids still haven't took a, a, a bus or a train by themselves because they got daddy as a chauffeur. And I'm proud of that. Now they're, wow, wow 17 and 15 next week. Yeah, 15 and 17. Their birthday just happened. That's why I'm confused. 15 and 17, they, and they rarely were by themselves. When they go by themselves, I track them. You laugh, but I'm dead serious. You can ask my wife, and you can ask my kids. I track them. And if I track them, and, and, and their phone's offline, they lose their phone. Because to me, it's serious for me to know where to at. I don't got control issues. Well, yeah, I do got control issues. Because I had a rough childhood. And I refused to give the enemy a foothold in my kids. Come on. We're in the book of Ephesians right now, right? Well, Ephesians 4.27 says, And do not give the devil a foothold. Do not give the enemy a foothold. Some of us are standing. Some of us are standing, but, but, but we're not standing firm. We're Shaky. On shaky foundation. Our ankles are wobbly. Some of us are not standing at all. Some of us are standing or not on God's word. We're not on God's truth. We're not standing on God's promises. We want to come here Sunday and say, God, I believe in your promises. But Monday through Saturday, we're not standing on them. His promises is not just for Sundays. His truth, his word is not just for Sundays. I can't be more clear than that. Standing firm is not being a Sunday Christian. I just stepped on somebody's toes. It bothers me when I just see people on a Sunday and I don't see them on a Wednesday night prayer. This is my little pet peeve, not b- biblically, not Pastor George's. This is me now. It bothers me. And it's the, same, it's the same people down the line I hear, down the line, they're struggling. They're going through a divorce. They're going through a separation. They're going through, because they're not standing on, firm on God's promises. I've been with with Pastor George and Michelle for almost 28 years, right? So I pulled a quote out of the vaults in one of his sermons. He's going to hopefully love this. I believe it's 2004 or 2014. I know I had a fall on it, but I'm not sure. That's what happens when you're together too long. You forget when, right? He says this. He says, when we stand firm in godly convictions... And honor God, even when it costs us, even when it's unpopular, even when it goes against the crowd, teenagers, you hearing me? Others will see us and give glory to God. See, if we were created, come on, give God a clap. If we were created to give God glory, but if we're not standing ground, how are we giving God glory? We think to give God glory, we got to be up here and preach. People gotta fall down when we when we touch them. We gotta have a voice like a like Pastor Ethan or, 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 or my wife. I gotta point them out. I'm closest with them, sorry. We gotta play drums. We gotta do all this. We gotta have a talent. A talent that everybody sees and they got, oh, glory to God. God is moving to him. What about the one that cleans the toilets? Come on. Will, you're not here, but thank you for giving God the glory. The one that opens the church, the one that closes it, the one who's, who's, who's doing all the electrical work, thank you for giving God glory. Jose Sanchez, thank you for giving God glory. For planting a seed. It's okay. See, we're all caught up in bettering ourselves. I believe we're all naturally selfish, but sometimes we get the selfishness, it it conquers us. It grips us. We live life of what we want, what we think. We want to be in control. We got control issues. Amen? Listen, all over the Old Testament, God says, I have given you the land to possess. I'm here to tell you, if we don't possess what God has given us, the enemy is going to possess it. I don't understand how divorce happens. That's me. I put in too much work in my marriage. The only reason why me and my wife are married 17 years, going on 18... And it wasn't easy. But the only reason why it works for us, because we're committed to God, and we're committed to stand firm. So even if we don't like each other, we're going to stand firm and learn to love each other. Because that's what God called us to do. And in that, God will be glorified. Amen? Listen, when your teenager talks back, back at you, oh, God, maybe this is not a good topic for me. But to God be the glory, and however we, however we handle the stuff that comes our way, we need to take ownership of what God has given us. We live with this worldly mentality. Whatever happens, happens. Listen, stop accepting that. That is a worldly mentality. We're not supposed to be of the world whatever happens doesn't happen Have you, did you ever stop to think maybe he's been brought to us and causes us to fight maybe God wants us to fight anybody ready to fight right now Pastor e, I don't know what you got in mind but we're ending with a song of defeat we're defeating the enemy today and we're going to do it in our praise Amen. We're going to take what I'm saying. We're going to get on our feet. No matter how weak you are, if you've been given, if you gave up already, you're going to get yourself up and you're going to stand firm and you're going to believe that while I praise God, I'm going to stand firm. I'm going to do the same position. When I get home, I'm going to get stand firm and worship. I'm not going to wait till next Sunday. I did not go through all I went through to see my kids taken away. I'm not giving all I can give to my marriage to see the devil have a foothold in my marriage. I'm going to put up those healthy boundaries. Not because I have control issues, but I, I think it's important for husband and wife to know where their wives are at, who they're with. It's called accountability. It's called accountability. Because at any given time, the enemy can swipe in and even come in as a distraction. And it will be innocent. Ah, it's nothing. And before you know it, you got an emotional bond with somebody. I work, where I work at, one of my staff members is a, 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 a female. I'm very close with her. But sometimes she's alone because the, the, the other two guys got lunch and all that. And I got to be careful. Make sure my, the door's already open. Make sure I talk loud enough so people outside can talk. Because it's so easy. Listen, if the enemy can't destroy us right away, he will distract us. How many of you know if you could get distracted, you can get destroyed? See, that's the enemy's plan. Oh, I can't, oh, I didn't want him to get saved. I didn't want him to receive Jesus. I tried to hold that person back from going to church. I tried to hold back, but somehow Jesus made a way into that guy's life. So you know why? I'm going to distract him. I I know he struggled with lust, so I'm going to make a, a movie more interesting for him to watch. He was an alcoholic. He's not an alcoholic no more, but I'm going to, I'm going to, Get him a job right next to a bar. Listen, if you're a recovered alcoholic, you should not be in a bar. You should not be hanging out with people that drink. If you have a problem, if you had a problem with anything, you should not. Your surroundings matter is what I'm trying to say. Standing firm is being careful with your surroundings. You don't just fight like this. When you're in the street, you don't just look like this. You gotta look like this. You gotta look. I told my son yesterday he went to play ball, and I was like, "Yo, yo, you need to see your surroundings. Wherever yeah, you need to know where you can run. Where, 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 where one way is one way. Where, where you need to you need to be cautious about everything." Amen. I wake up every morning, and this is the question on my way to work. I say this. I do not want to go to work, so I, you know, I had to say God you know, get me to want to do something, right? Because I don't want to go to this job. I'd rather come here and do this work. But anyway, so I said, God, what do you want from me today? In my job, what do you want from me? I'm shy. I'm not the one to go to my job and say, yeah, I'm a pastor. Hallelujah. You need to get saved. I'm going to be honest with you. is there's people from my job that come that are already here. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't do that. Let them see my, my fruit. If they never see it, then maybe I'm doing something wrong. God, oh, God, if it's somebody, please give me the words to say, what do you want from me today? Amen? Married couples, you should ask yourself this, if not every day, at least once a week. What do you want from me in my marriage? How can I make my marriage better? How can I make my parenting better? We think we got it all figured out. Just when you think you got it figured out, you're going to get hit with a a battle. We need to stand on God's word, man. Stand on God's truth. God's promises. I want to read you a story. And and, and, and Val's going to pop it up in the screens behind me. It's the Luke one. Luke uh, chapter 8. Starting at verse 22, but let me, let me, let me me just tell you what's going on. You you don't have to put it up or put it up. So Jesus says, tells his disciples, let's get in a boat and let's go across the lake. It's a a famous story. Everybody knows it. So they go in a boat. They go across the lake. So Jesus is chilling in a boat. He falls asleep. My man needs to sleep. He's a busy dude, right? So he goes to sleep. So the disciples are chilling, and then out of nowhere, a storm happens. The storm happens. The disciples panic. Water gets in the boat. They're like, oh, my goodness, we're going to die. We're going to drown. Master, master, get up, get up. You're going to drown. Jesus gets up. He wipes off the mokos in his eyes. He real, you know, I just imagine him being real chill, like, stands up. Rebukes the storm. The storm calms down. There's power in Jesus. Amen? All right? I tell you that because, side note, sometimes if we go through storms and we don't see the point of the re- why we're going through the storm. We don't see the purpose. You're going to see the purpose in a minute. Could it be that God wants to move and you're not letting him? And the only way he can move is for you to go through a storm and get desperate and call his name. Could it be you don't call his name until you get desperate? Could it be you too, you're a control freak and God saying he wants to be in control? Could it be that you're weak because he wants to strengthen himself in you? Jesus just went through a storm to prove a point to the disciples. Listen, the enemy will try to stop you from entering your ground. He will do everything he can to prevent you from being the father you need to be, to being a husband and wife you need to be. He will open doors for you to go through, and you think, oh, I get, I, God opened his door. So this got to be God. But then there comes the dist- distractions. And if we're not careful, we, we, we're walking in God's will, but then comes the distractions. Then comes the enemy with these distractions. Because remember, he wants to destroy us. So we're entering our territory, but we're not standing firm. So he gets off the boat. The, the, the storm stops. He gets off. And you can pop this up. It's starting in verse 27. Thank God for of that, right? Big ups the vow. She's in there every week behind the computer hooking us up. It says, when Jesus start, stepped ashore, he was met by a demon-possessed man from the town. For a long time, this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house, but he had lived in tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell to his feet, shouting on top of the voice, What do you want from me, Jesus? Son of the Most High, I beg you, don't torture me. Other versions say don't torment me. Another one says don't attack me. I, I just want you to get a picture. This man was demon possessed. He was naked. He was living with dead people. They had him in tombs. They tried chaining him hand and foot, but he kept breaking them. That's beyond depressed. Some of us get depressed and we can't serve God. This man was demon-possessed, but yet he was able to still recognize Jesus and ask Jesus that question. Verse 29, Jesus had commanded the impure spirit to come out of this man. Many times it had seized him. And though he was chained hand and foot and kept under God, he had broken his chains. And had been driven by the demon into solitary places. The same story, but I like what Mark says here. In Mark 5, 1 through 20, I want not read the whole thing. It says in verse 3, this man lived in tombs. And no one could bind him anymore. Not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore his chains apart and broke the irons off his, on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. He was self-destructive, people. He was possessed. He was disconnected, living with dead people. For those who are going through something, and the first thing you do is start disconnecting yourself, can I tell you something right now? That 's part of the enemy 's plan nine times out of ten when I see somebody that was serving God that 's not serving God, they started before they, they they fell they started missing Sundays because their long clock kept breaking, but it doesn 't break when they got to go work i don 't understand they start say, making excuses oh i can 't go because uh uh I don't know. I'm going to go see a ball game, and am I, am I am I am I knocking anybody? I'm here because I need to be in God's presence. I will not miss a Sunday. I will come here with a broke bone, whatever bone I have, surgery. I will be here because I love to be with God's people. I love to hear God's word, and I love to be in God's presence. Anyway, they start disconnecting themselves. When you start disconnecting yourself, you, you know, do you know you're not standing firm? Do you know when the preacher, regardless how boring I am right now, but if you get to go to the bathroom 17 times, do you know you're separating yourself from what the preacher might be saying? I tell my kids every Sunday, this is a reminder, kids, and I recommend all parents to do this. No matter who the preacher is, no matter how boring the preacher is, no matter how sophisticated, how I, try to find three things, at least three things you could get from the preaching. Yes, I do it because it would be good if we go home and we talk about the preaching as a family. But more than that, I tell them to do it so they can stay focused and try to find at least three things. If the preacher's really good, hey, find four or five things. I guarantee you, you will get something that Sunday. See, we look, we come to church, and we're like, oh man, Pastor George is not speaking. Tune off. I know that because he was my youth, he was my youth leader and my youth pastor. So if he wasn't speaking, I, oh my gosh. When is this guy going to finish? I got, a, I got a club to meet. This is crazy. Church was boring. I said, "Youth Church was boring to me. I couldn't read. I read his word. I was like, what does this mean? This has nothing to do with me. Maybe I'm reading the wrong thing. i throw the Bible in the air and whatever, whatever it came open up to. I'm like, oh, I would try it that way. It was boring to me. But I started to challenge myself. And people, listen, standing firm is challenging yourself. Listen, standing firm is saying, God, I can't do this by myself. I need you. So awaken my, 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 my brain right now. Awaken my spiritual senses because I want to see what you have for me today. I want to hear from you today. I don't want to get a word for nobody else but you, God. So speak to me in a song, speak to me in a person, speak to me on a radio. Whatever I'm listening to, I want you, God. I want to be controlled by you. Listen, if you learn anything, and nothing but this, that demon possessed man, if he could get free by Jesus, I don't care what you're going through right now. You cannot get free by Jesus. You're depressed. You can be free by Jesus. You're oppressed. You're in shackles. You're bound up. You're in pain. You're sick. You're struggling. Listen, your miracle not happen right now, but if you come to Jesus, stand firm and say, God, I want to worship you. What do you want from me? If you ask him that, go on and on and on. He's going to reveal himself to you. But be careful. Sometimes he reveals things to us and we don't want to walk that way. We make excuses, oh Jesus! That can't be. That can't be what you want from me. I hate kids. There's no way you told me to be in children's ministry. I can't stand kids. I hate to get my hands dirty. I can't clean the bathrooms. Do they need preachers? Because I could learn to be a preacher. We want the see. We want the glory. We want the recognition. Well, I'm here to tell you that God wants the recognition. It's to God be the glory, not to Mark be the glory, to, to whoever be the glory. See, when do we make it about us? We make everything about us. That's not holding your ground. Listen, it should be about God. It's always been about God. It always should be about God. For the rest of your life, from this moment on, it has to be about God. The way you raise your kids, it has to be about God. The way the you way you 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 treat your spouse, oh man. It has to be about God. Too many married couples, and yes, I'm picking on the couples because I don't know if you know this, I'm passionate about marriage. If you got me on Facebook, that's all I post usually, is marriage quotes because I'm all about healthy marriages. This, if you have a healthy marriage, you're going to, no matter what you go through, you could be miserable in your life but if you come home and have a healthy marriage, oh my goodness, you can still do flips. Marry, married couples, you probably don't agree with me. Try it. Try to die the self. That's what God calls the husband to do, right? Die to self. To be the priest of our home, right? To, to be the, like Jesus. What did Jesus do? He died to himself for us. Listen, the devil doesn't know what to do if somebody won't give up. He does not know when somebody, when somebody can't give up, he's not going to know what to do. When you give God praise, especially when you're going through, the devil would not know what to do. We need to praise God more. Not because we're going through a good time, but we need to praise him all the time. All the time. At our jobs. At our schools. Youth. You're supposed to be the light. We're all supposed to be the light. But young people, you think you're too young to serve God. Go to your schools and tell people that you serve God. At all cause, against the crowd, you might be looked at as weird. But trust me, you're already looked at as weird. Trust me. He was sending storms, guys. I want, I, I want to worship. worship. To you. Come on, man. Come on. I was quick. I tried. Kids. Adults, listen, I'm here to tell you that the battle is not yours, but God's. This life that you live, this journey, this, it's, it's not about you, it's about God. When you make it about yourself, you're going to go through greater struggle. But when you make it about God, you're telling God, God, I want you to be in control. I want you to raise my kids. I don't want to raise my kids. Or I want to raise my kids, but with you. What your word says. Isaiah 7, 9 says, if you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. Let's stand, guys, speaking about standing, right? 1 Corinthians 15, 58, stand firm and let nothing move you. Ephesians 6, 13, therefore, take up your whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand the evil day. And having done all, to stand. Last scripture I promise. Exodus 14, 13-14. Moses said to the people, do not fear. Stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord. That he will provide for you today. For the Egyptians that you see today, you will never ever see again. The Lord will fight for you. And you can be still." Listen, I don't know about you, but it is tired. It's exhausting to stand on your own. You may think you're powerful. It's exhausting disconnecting yourself. Oh, I need some time for God. When people say that, nine times out of ten, they start it and they don't, they, they don't, they leave God out. They, go, they start going from church to church to church to church they're looking for a preacher that that, 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 that tickles them spiritually they want to they receive all the positive messages and not get challenged every Sunday we should get challenged because when you're challenged it causes you to be a better person God what do you want from me today Father's Day 2018. What do you want from me today? How do you want me to be? What kind of father do you want me to be? Listen, and if you think you fail of being a father, if you think you fail of being a husband, being a, being a mother, being a wife, young people, if you think you fail, single folks, if you think you messed up and failed, Whoever and whatever you are. Like the demon-possessed man. Come to the altar and says, God, what do you want from me today? Churches, it's, it's time for the church to stand firm. I'm tired that the world is standing more firmly than the church. I'm tired that the world knows more of the word than we know than the church knows the word. Do you know they study the word more than we study the word? Because they study the word to try to prove us wrong. They're looking at the way we live. What example are we being for our children? Am I saying be perfect? If you know me, you know I'm not perfect. If you think I'm perfect, speak to my kids. They will tell you I'm not perfect. Especially my son. He whistles. I'm sorry. I won't pick on you. He just gave me the face. Listen, I love my kids. I'm passionate about being a man of God. Because it's an amazing thing when you're a man standing on God's word. I love being married because there's no greater feeling that when you're on all cylinders, your wife is on all cylinders, and both of you are just doing light together. And it gets better when your kids are older. I love my kids, but I love my wife. So you talk about a balance, God helps you with balance. Amen? Who's ready to give God praise, man? I want to start standing firm. Is there anybody who want to stand firm with me? Does anybody want to take a step of faith? Listen, we can have faith. I got this quote from an amazing man of God, a minister named Derek Sanchez. Hold on. I'm sorry. I had a moment. We need more Derek Sanchez's in our church. Amen. Amen. We, we need more Josh Rivera's and Lee Rivera's in our church. We need people to stand up and prove to us that being a man and woman of God is about standing on God's word. I was talking to Derek, and he tells me this as I look for it. Glory to God. Amen. glory to God. He says, see we all have faith, right? We all believe in something. Our faith sometimes is not the same thing as our trust. See, we could get in an airplane and have faith. Yes, the airplane could take us to our destination. But we have to trust that the pilot behind the airplane is going to get the airplane there. Amen? Well, I'll share this story to you. I I like this. This is Father's Day. A picture of a a father who puts his kid on top of, let's say, the stage. And he's telling his son, he's saying, like, or his daughter, he's saying, jump! I'll catch you. And the kid jumps because the kid got trust that the father's going to catch them. So the kid, that the father puts him back on the stage and takes a step back further. He says, "All right, run, and jump." Okay, he may do it, or she may do it. He does it again. He takes a step further, and says. That do the same thing. The kid is gonna have some doubt in his head because he's gonna look at his father and like, have you been drinking today? Are you okay? Are you crazy? Because that this that distance is too far. But it isn't. There's a, this trust in a relationship. If there's trust in this this connection, this relationship. God, I believe in you, but it does not look like you're going to come through this moment. Maybe I got to do this myself and you you come through down the line. That's, that's the way we live. Our, that's the way we walk our walk. God is saying, no, trust me now. Trust me when it does not look like I'm moving. Trust me when it looks impossible. Trust me when I don't have the funds and the bills are bigger. Trust me trust me when my salary doesn't match what I what the bills are you going to trust them? see I'm left with no choice but not to trust them. I have to trust them because I lived too much of my life not trusting him and a struggle but I lived a life of struggle I didn't, live, I didn't live a life of struggle because of anything I went through abuse and all that that, that, that added to it but a lot of the struggle I went through it because I doubted myself and I doubted God. Because fear had grips on me. Fear wasn't lingering on me, fear gripped me. And it prevented me from being who God wants me to be. But I was like the demon possessed man, bound by fear. Praising God and still bound by fear. Okay. I need you to start preaching, Mark, because it's time for you to step out of your comfort zone. Oh, my goodness. Are you crazy? Are you mad? I'm comfortable not doing and being bound in fear. No. God had to free me. But to, for him to free me, I had to step out of the boat. I had to step out of my comfort zone. Listen, too many couples are too comfortable with each other. And you don't even know where your spouse is miserable inside. I just touched it. I gotta constantly ask myself, God, what do you want from me in marriage? Or oh, I love when me and my wife, we have the relationship, the accountability where she is woman enough and godly enough to tell me maybe we need to do this or maybe you need to do that, and I got to receive it. And we got a thing we, we call reset, right? Reset. Sometimes we need to reset. Couples, you need to reset. You need to sit down and have those conversations you've been avoiding and you've been tiptoeing around each other. You know what I'm talking about, couples? Don't, don't shape because your spouse is next to you. Some, some of us need to get out of our comfort zone. Some of you youth, God wants to do more in you, and you need to get out of your comfort zone. Some of you men, you need to get out of your comfort zone and lead your home. Some of you ladies need to get out of your comfort zone and, and allow your husband to lead. The battle is not yours, it's God's. who's ready to stand I don't know what Pastor E has in mind I don't know what song I trust him I guess I gotta trust God I used to tell Ephraim ahead of time you know and recommend a song I didn't do that this time cause God convicted me God said allow me to orchestrate not you allow me to have my way not you have your way So I'm going to step back and I'm going to let God have his way. Pastor Ephraim.
1: Praise God. If you don't know how to start your fight, we're going to teach you how to start right now. It's going to start with your praise and with your worship. And, um, There's a song that we did not too long ago, I want to start with this song. And it's a real simple song that just talks about fighting our battles, right? This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. Mm, this is how I fight my battles and this is how I you can repeat after me say and this is how I fight my battles say this is oh this is how I fight my battles say this is how I fight my battles This is how I fight my battle. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded. Come on, sing it out. This is your song this morning. It may look safe. It may look like I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded by It may look safe. It may look like. This is how. This is how I fight my battles. Say, this is how I fight my. There's an empty grave, for the reason one has overcome, help me say, we will not be moved when the earth gives way, for the reason one has overcome, and for every fear, say, for every fear, there's an empty This is how I fight my battles. Come on. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight. <Greeley> this is battles. how. This is how. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I. Fi- it may look like. It may look like. Say. It may look like. A It This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight. My this battles. is how. This is how. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. Listen, we we would not be moved. Fight, Just say we would not say. earth gives way for the reason why, See now for every fear, say, and for every fear, there's an This is how we overcome. How we overcome. This is how we overcome. This is how we overcome. This is how we. There's a war raging inside, but this is how you overcome. Oh, this is how you overcome. It's giving you, giving you every weapon you need to succeed. This is how you overcome. How yes. we over, giving you victory, this is how we overcome. giving you victory through Jesus' name, He rains, He rains, this is how we overcome, how we overcome, giving you victory through Jesus' name, yes, giving you victory through Jesus' name, He's giving you victory through Jesus' name, He's giving you victory, giving you victory. giving you victory, giving you victory in Jesus' name. Giving you victory in Jesus' name Giving you victory in Jesus' name This is how we overcome How we overcome Hallelujah Overcome Minister Lee Can you just take us out And can you just pray over these men and women, and children.
2: Lord, we thank you for this service, God. We thank you for what you've done in this place. We thank you for how you've encouraged our hearts, Lord God. We thank you for being a good, good father. We thank you that you teach us well. You are a good example to us. We thank you that we find rest in you we thank you. We find provision, every kind of provision in you. We thank you, God, that you take all things and you work them together for our good, Lord God. And we can't thank you enough Have we've seen your glory unfold in every season, in every trial, in every victory. Oh God, you have made your glory known, God. And I thank you that that will remain upon your people. I thank you that you will continue to bless them. I pray that you continue to keep them, and Lord, cause your face to shine upon them all the days of their lives. In Jesus' mighty name, and everyone said, "And right before I let you go, right before I let you go, if you could just hold on just for two more minutes, I just wanna, I just wanna say one thing. There's, there's a special human being standing in this." Uh, in this church this morning. And that's my husband. I wanna make sure that before this day is out, and I'm gonna talk right to him even though y'all are in the room. But babe, I wanna tell you that I love you. I wanna thank you. I wanna thank you for remaining steadfast as a father. I have watched you grow as a dad for the past 19 years. From someone who didn't know how to even hold a baby to now being like, not only a father to your own children but to other people's children. You have been such like the pinnacle of success in our family. And every time you started at the bottom I've watched God take you from one glory to the next glory and take you all the way to the top. And I know that this isn't it, but I'm thankful that you've remained steadfast in our home all these years, that you've been a really great father to the five of our kids, that you've loved on our girls, and you've loved on our boys, and you've included us, When we started to fall apart, you made sure to come and to bring us back together. And I want to thank you for being steadfast in the word in our home, for making the word of God a staple, for letting us never forget what God says about us, what he says to us and for us. And so I'm just going to take a moment. I prophesied to a lot of you in this church, right? But I need to prophesy to my husband, if you don't mind, just for a moment, because I heard the Lord say something to me when I was sitting there. I heard him say that as I've used you to raise up a generation, the five of them, five being grace, the number of grace, I believe that as the Lord said to me, I believe he says to you this morning that I'm going to give you the grace to raise up a generation of believers, a generation of people who will be on fire of God. I believe in Jesus' name that you're going to carry the mantle that your family has carried, but you're going to do something that you've never seen them do. And you're going to set the pace and the course for the five of our children. And not just for them, but for our children's children. And for our children's children's children. And I believe as you've seen God's faithfulness one way, you're going to begin to see it multiplied seven ways. In ways that you're going to overwhelm you in your heart that you will not be able to contain. So I love you and I appreciate you. And happy Father's Day. And now you are all dismissed to be a blessing. Amen. Happy Father's Day.